0: In addition to providing financing solutions in a traditional mortgage broker capacity, Abacus North provides direct loans that range from $2 million to $25 million. On a syndicated basis, they provide mortgage banking solutions up to $300 million. In most cases, their in-house capital solutions can bridge financing gaps that traditional lenders are unable to service. They specialize in providing land acquisition loans, construction financing for large-scale developments, income-producing properties, and single-purpose facilities. With a portfolio that includes high-rise, mid-rise, and low-rise condominiums, townhouse developments, shopping centers, agricultural properties, industrial developments, and medical marijuana facilities, Abacus North is at the forefront of creative mortgage banking solutions All right, so it's Good Friday. And we're sitting down with Veronica again. Um, This would have happened yesterday, except for I totally forgot that we agreed last time that we would meet on uh, on Thursday. Then I ended up in the backcountry up in Squamish. And I came back to multiple Texas from Veronica and then felt like an asshole for the entire rest of the day. No, I wasn't needed chick. <laughs> so, uh, I today, we are here now on Good Friday and we are going to chat everything to do with um, the transition, you know, like what's going on, how this plant based vegan diet is treating my body, and kind of maybe break it down and analyze it a little bit for everybody. So, uh, Welcome uh, for the second. Actually, this is the third run into this now because we had to exit the last meeting and rejoin this one. So welcome.
1: Okay, Blake, uh, I'm, I'm really excited because I listened to your experience on your podcast. And today is day 10th. Yep. And you had a quiet transition between from carnivore diet to plant-based diet. Yep. And can you just walk me through, especially I was very interested when I listened to your podcast day three
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you're all kinds of, you have the feeling. So just, to, just through me, I want to hear.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I guess kind of like some of like the the major things for me, you know, like like through this last, because, you know, like call it kind of like a week, you know, like, you know, like it's technically, this is like the morning of the 10th day, um, you know, but I kind of got about like, like nine solid days in on this now, nine and a half days. Um, you know, and like some of the things I, like I noticed like initially, and I was kind of hoping that they would have subsided by now, but they haven't is just, um, for one, like, like the initial weight gain, like gaining 10 pounds, like that has now kind of leveled off, um, at, a, at about like five, six pounds of like actual weight gain and, you know, like I realize a lot of this is now like water retention, you know, from having all the extra carbohydrates in the body, um, you know, and this kind of stuff. Um, The one thing that I've really noticed too, when it comes down to like, like tracking the food and, you know, kind of like understanding this is, you know, like the amount of food that I'm eating is actually substantially higher, I feel, than, you know, like when I was on the carnivore diet, like I'm actually consuming more raw material. Um, You know, and like where this is kind of troublesome to me is not only like the quantity um, has gone up, you know, like in the in the amount of food that I'm eating, but when I look at my my macronutrients, like my carbohydrates are, you know, about 200 to 250 grams a day. You know, my fats are about 250 to 300 grams a day, which is kind of like exactly what it was on the carnivore diet, except for instead of it being carbohydrates, it was protein. You know, being about that 200 to 250. And my protein right now is about 60 or 70 grams a day, you know? So like, it's kind of like almost like role reversal between carbohydrates and protein. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and when I look at this, you know, like what, what's hard for me is with that is if I'm already eating so much food, I'm kind of having a hard time eating the food that I'm eating right now, but my protein is kind of around like 60, 70 grams with all this stuff that I'm eating and my fats and my carbohydrates are so high. You know, and even though I'm trying to eat, you know, things like, you know, like last night I had lettuce wrap, uh, uh, vegan tacos that had like black beans, quinoa, um, wild rice, you know, things like that. But like, again, it's like, like the quantity that I was eating, like I had like the big strips of romaine lettuce that are about this long, you know, I had an avocado spread underneath that. Then I layered the, some of like the, um, the uh, wild rice, then a little bit of the quinoa, then some corn. Some black beans um, and some hot uh, salsa on that, and I I think I had probably yeah like six or seven of them total. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, that's like what I had for sure like that's a a fairly substantial amount of food. Like I was stuffed after that, but again like my protein levels like are so low. You know, and I find like like that's hard. Like although I cognitively feel way better, like my mind mm-hmm. is way better. I'm way more sharp. Um, you know, but on the flip side of that is now my stomach feels super bloated, you know, I'm really full, you know, like I know there's kind of like a limitation of like, you know, like how long I could be on a diet where my protein intake is so low. Um, because right now it just so happens with this COVID-19 thing is that, you know, like my demand for protein on my body is probably a little bit lower than what it normally is. Cause I'm not, I'm still active, but I'm not as active. Um, you know, I'm not playing squash four days a week. You know, I'm, I'm also like running more. Um, I'm lifting weights, you know, like heavy weights, you know, probably two less days a week because the weights I have access to right now just aren't that heavy. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not doing a lot of compounding lifts, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, but if I was living my regular everyday life and my protein levels being so low, um, like that would be a concern for me because of the amount of volume of food that I have to eat to be able to try to get those protein stores up. Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed, like, a substantial amount of, like, gas, whether that be, like, burping or tooting, like, which I never experienced, like, at all when I was on the on the carnivore diet, which I actually thought it would be the flip side of that. Because, as we know, in, like, the bodybuilding industry for years, everybody always said, like, the protein parts or whatever, right? Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which I realize now that's a complete myth. Like, it, it is an absolute myth because, like, for the entire month I was on the carnivore diet, I
1: mm-hmm. had no
0: – no GI distress at all you know Uh like no no burping no tuning nothing Uh um you know and and another thing that I really noticed too is because the volume of my food is so high Mm -hmm. to try to be able to get like you know my protein stores up even though I'm trying to seek out foods that are higher (sighs) in protein um Mm -hmm. that like my actual like stool concentration has gone up too which to me like you know if I if there's more quantity of my stool then obviously like my body's Processing more, there's more waste product. There's more. There's more chance, and there's more room for potential inflammation there because my body's just doing more work. Like it there's just more work happening in my body because you know again, like if the concentration, of my stool's gone up. The the only logical conclusion that anybody could draw there is that there like my body has to do more work because there's more byproduct. There's more stuff going through my system, so that there'd be that. Um, I noticed that my blood pressure has it's come down now, my blood pressure spiked. Uh um, And now it's starting to come down. But consistently, almost every single day when I was on the carnivore diet, my blood pressure was in an optimal range. And now I would say that, you know, my, my blood pressure right now is in a suboptimal range. um, Consistently, Uh, my biological age has gone up, like it's come down now to about like, you know, 39 to 41 kind of seems uh-huh. to be like my average just kind of got down out of the high 40s. Uh-huh. Um, but again, when I was on the carnivore diet, my kind of static mean age on the carnivore diet would be between 28 and 30. So I've kind of gained 8 to 10 biological years in that as well. Um, and the one thing that I've really noticed too, which is interesting because my blood pressure monitor um, – I like, I have an extremely good one by, by cardio. Uh, They have excellent machines and it tests for and monitors for irregular heartbeat too.
1: Uh
0: I've noticed, and anybody who's like looked at those stats, like, like each morning is that um, right under, like right above like the graph, the colored graph, it'll say irregular heartbeat detected. Um, What's concerning to me is if you look in the literature from cardio that, you know, if you have an irregular heartbeat, um, that's monitored for more than five consecutive days. You should go see your healthcare professional while I'm on, like out of the last seven days, I think I've had an regular heartbeat five out of those last seven days, you know, it hasn't been five consecutive days, mm-hmm. but again, like there would be the odd day that, you know, like that would happen when I was on the, the carnivore diet, but it's probably maybe like one out of every 10 days. Which the margin for error there could be anything, right? Like, like who knows what that could be? Because it was it was pretty irregular. Uh-huh. Um, but the one thing I've noticed now since I made the switch is that like it is happening far more than not that I'm getting this irregular heartbeat detection. Um, which that like again too is also concerning to me because like like these are all things where I'm kind of going in like the opposite direction. So it seems like. When I was on the carnivore diet, what happened was is that um, I wasn't cognitively or mentally strong or emotionally strong, mm-hmm. but I had physical capability. Now, what's happening now is it seems like that, you know, I'm cognitively way stronger, but internally, I'm mm-hmm. going downhill. So, like, I see the pros and cons of both. Like, you know, like when I was on the carnivore diet, you know, like, again, I wasn't mentally or emotionally strong, which eliminated kind of my fifth gear, my high performance gear, you know, but internally, I felt fantastic. I mm-hmm. felt amazing, you know, which like, and I see the effects of this in the data, you know, because what that kind of correlates to is the carnivore diet is really supposed to mimic fasting. And a lot of this stuff, a, a lot of the the data that I was receiving was actually indicating that I was receiving these positive effects. Like I was fasting. These are all the same things that you would data collect if you were fasting. So I see that truth behind it, you know, now being like on this, this plant-based diet, I'm so happy to have my (laughs) mental strength, my (laughs) emotional, my cognitive strength, but you know, like all day long, you know, like I feel heavy, I feel bloated. Like, you know, like, like it just like, like my stomach doesn't feel as clean. Now, does, it, does my stomach feel better than probably what most people's stomachs do? Absolutely. And, and I don't want to compare this to like how your stomach would feel off a McDonald's diet and, and, you know, beer drinking, cigarette smoking, lazy, lethargic lifestyle. I'm not saying I feel like that. I'm just saying that I feel in contrast to the carnivore diet mm-hmm. heavy and bloated because I know like how clean I felt internally when I was on the carnivore diet. So again, to me, this is more of like a selling case that neither one of these diets is really optimal. It would be the hybrid combination between the two where, you know, you're kind of predominantly plant based, you know, because of these nutrients that I want to be able to feel cognitively, mentally and emotionally strong. You know, but to be able to feel good in my stomach, to be able to feel and, you know, be able to, to be able to operate at a high performance range because of the proteins where you, I would need to substitute some of the, the animal products like in my diet. So um, like these are kind of just some of the things like that I've noticed. Again, like what, what is concerning to me is just the data, you know, like I am doing nothing. I was like, I try to wake up in within the first 10 minutes of my morning, every single morning you know, I'm on the scale, you know, I've got the blood pressure monitor on, you know, I have like the little finger monitor on for the biological age, right, all that kind of stuff, recording this data and this information, like that's never changed. And arguably, I'm probably getting more sleep now than what I was through the carnivore diet. Because when I started the carnivore diet was kind of at the beginning of the COVID-19. So a lot of my life hadn't changed yet. And it was only within maybe the last like, you know seven to 14 days that my on the cardboard diet that my life really started to change because of mm-hmm. COVID 19 but like now you know like i went to bed i think at like 11 o'clock last night and i woke up at you know six six thirty i think six o'clock you know which is irregular for me to get that many hours of sleep is not regular and that's pretty consistent now because again there's not the like the urgency to get up in, in the morning you know like my body's kind of got into this natural routine i'm not waking up by an alarm clock anymore so I should be experiencing the positive biological effects from getting the extra sleep, plus you know being on a plant-based diet, which everybody says I should be getting these positive biological effects from that. But yet the data has got worse. Yes. So.
1: Wow. What yeah. are you learning through it? Because first of all, when you're going through that transition, because your body gets shocked, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to give some time for your body to adjust. Body always, they're very smart, you know, they adjust itself. But the thing is, what I understood, you know what, there is no really perfect diet, right? So I'm looking at your individual person. When you say like kind of a diet, you have so much benefit for, let's say, you know, your digestive system. And then you feel really tight, you know, you don't have that feeling like a little bit sluggish right now. You're having bloated, you're pouching, you actually feel like you feel passing gas and so on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What I think, first of all, when you on a plant based diet, doesn't matter if it's a complex carbohydrate or just to, uh, start to do a simple carbohydrate. Um, it's every gram, so you get like a four pounds of water. Yeah, the body holds that water, so of course you know right away you gain your body gets shocked. You know you're holding a lot of water, so that's the liquid pound. It's not really virtual. Your I don't say it's a fat. Or muscle, it's a it's a liquid pound. So that's like a normal symptom. That's what I see. But the thing is, like, uh, when you have those uh, fiber from all those uh, colorful vegetable and all those carbs, um, I'm sure you drink enough water, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. You so know, you drink I'm water. Still, I drink a little bit less water now. Like like I said, when I was on the carnivore diet, because I was chronically parched, mm-hmm. you know, I was probably up around like 200 ounces of water a day. Like, I would say, if anything, I'm probably about 160, 170 ounces now. And, you know, uh-huh. I'm about 170 pounds, uh-huh. you know. So, like, again, I'm I'm about an ounce per pound. Um, uh-huh. And that's including, you know, like, water intake, like, during, like, activity uh-huh. and stuff like that, too. So, you know, like, I, I'm probably a little bit lower than, like, what I should be. But, again, I'm still kind of hedging, like, the bet that I'm I'm probably more hydrated than what the average person is walking around. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and the, and the one they just so like, like people do know, like, I absolutely do agree with you. And and that's something I alluded to when when I first started explaining this is that like, I do know that like these carbohydrates are going to act like sponges in my body and I'm going to hold water on tight. Like, I'm not worried about that where most people would be like, Oh, I've gained four or five pounds. I'm worried about this. I'm not worried necessarily that this weight is fat or muscle. Like there's, there's no way in two or three days I'm going to gain 10 pounds, either one of those. I know that the thing is where it's a problem to me because I've never been a vanity guy. Like I I don't really care whether I have a six pack. I care Mm -hmm. if I can perform. So Mm -hmm. if I'm five or 10 pounds heavier than my, like is about 168 pounds is my optimal performance weight. Mm -hmm. So if I'm five or 10 pounds heavier than that, my performance goes down, which then the flip side of that is just as hard for me is that if somebody has gained five or 10 pounds and they're trying to lose weight or if all of a sudden they don't have six packing or because i'm slower you know or when you're hiking 20 30 kilometers an extra uh-huh. 10 pounds on your body uh-huh. you know, that makes it a big difference by the end of that day just pulling that much more weight you know up and down these mountains right so you know like i look at it in situations like like that um, mm-hmm. but as in like that five or ten pounds being like like emotionally hard for me to be able to see because the scale weight has gone up and now I think I'm fat. Like, I don't think like that at all, which oh, most people do. Oh, that's great. And another thing what
1: I noticed that, um, like you say, uh, what else you told me about it? Like you feel like not comfortable, but yeah. here's the thing. Um, do you know if you can digest well about like those food, like a nightshade vegetable? Mm-hmm. This is like a, those vegetable. there's a lectin enzyme in it right and or you have uh, oxalates you know because those are the enzyme that like very some people uh is almost backfire when you actually eat them so i always tell people like it is important what you eat so people call like you know what you eat that's who you are but more importantly like what you can digest that's really who you are, so even though those food like I'm sure you had all co- colorful vegetables, like you have a spinach or the greens, you have broccoli, cauliflower, I'm sure you had all the peppers and you have a zucchini, you have like an eggplant, all different even fruits as well, but those foods even include the grains, they're very high in oxalates food, yeah. and also they're high in also when you look at the zucchini, the cucumber, all those things it's a, it's a nice shade vegetable. So do you know if you can metabolize those
0: enzymes well or no? So it's actually really great that you brought that up. And it's actually kind of funny because as we're walking through this conversation, like I see the two professionals talking about something that they're both knowledgeable about because it almost seems prescriptive. So like when you say (laughs) that, like I say, well, yeah, but what I did was like my goal for the first week is the transition. Uh Was only to go back to eating the same fruits and vegetables and foods that I would normally consume before Uh I started the carnivore diet. Uh Because being on the carnivore diet, I actually didn't change any of the meat sources that I've always ate. Uh I just only then ate those meat sources. But I've always ate scallops, mussels, clams, oysters, you know, chicken, beef, pork, all these things. I just then only ate that. So, like, when I got off the carnivore diet, I'm like, okay, well, the things I predominantly eat, like avocados, um, you know, peanut butter, coconut oil, plantain chips, uh, roasted pine nut hummus, cucumbers, carrots, um, you know, I guess just to, like, kind of, like, name a few, right? Like, I went back to just kind of reintroducing those things into my diet because, I, I I know exactly how I normally feel eating those things. Mm-hmm. So if I would have went right away a full tailspin into like introducing all of these new foods just because all of a sudden I switched to a vegan diet, I mm-hmm. could see why I might feel like crap because I'm not used to eating any of these things. So like what I did is I just stuck with what I know and what my body knows mm-hmm. because I, I can only have reasonable data to be able to communicate to people knowing that okay well, I made a change, yes, but this change is something that my body and my mind kinda know. You know, but like now my goal is for the next twenty days is to okay, really expand there. Okay, well what am I gonna do? Because yes, I do regularly eat things like cauliflower and zucchini and like all these 'cause like my body knows that. Well, what else can I have? Like what are the other things? You know, like I don't predominantly eat a lot of quinoa. That's why last night was the first time I had a little bit of quinoa, you know, in with my meal. Mm-hmm. You know, and had that quinoa with you know, with rice, with beans, because we know that the the combination between those things, you know, the amino acid profiles go up. We have a lot more complete protein strands instead of like incomplete strands or like lower on the, you know, the amino acid profile levels, Uh you know, to actually start making these like better quality proteins. You know, but again, I've always ate a lot of hummus, so I've always had like a lot of chickpeas. I've always ate a lot of like, you know, Indian food. So there's been like the spinach, there's been the chickpeas, like mm-hmm. there's been the white basmati rice, there's like these things. I have just kind of flipped all those things back into my diet. Now the diversity is going to start to come in. So like it'll be interesting to see, like okay, well what happens from there? Because like I don't actually eat a whole lot of spinach regularly or like lettuce regularly or any of those kind of things. They're in my diet, but they would come in my diet by way of being in something, mm-hmm. but not as in like being raw or in an abundance and stuff like, you know, like, um, because like I love Pollock paneer, you know, like it's basically like, um, spinach and cheese, Indian dish. Now I just don't eat the paneer. Like I don't eat the Mm -hmm. cheese. I just eat the spinach because I want the spinach and all that kind of stuff. So, but like now I'm actually going to try to incorporate more actual like raw spinach and like these different things like into my diet, because I know like I, I want the actual diet of like, okay, well, if I'm going to be a good vegan, I need an abundance of variety. So I need to incorporate all these things the same way I choose to get 15 different meat sources. Mm-hmm. I want to choose to be able to use the abundance of all of the produce to me, you know, like incorporate, you know, like more fruits and all that kind of stuff outside of apples, because I typically love pomelo and granny Smith apples. So those are always kind of like my go-to things for, um, for fruit uh-huh. and stuff. And I just know that like, my body likes them. It's easier for me to digest them. So now I'm going to kind of venture outside of that and just say, okay, well, you know, like what else, you know, am I going to incorporate to be able to kind of see how this is all going to affect my body? And now I'm only really looking at because I know my performance is up, but I might be a little bit slower because I'm heavier, but like my cognitive function is there. My mental and emotional strength is there. I'm really just looking at now, can I make my stomach feel as good as what it felt when I was on the carnivore diet? Because if I can make my stomach feel as good as I did on the carnivore diet, and I can increase my protein levels and drop down my carbohydrate levels well on this, this plant-based diet, uh then to me like that'll be the best because then I will be completely sold that like a plant-based diet alone, excluding all meat or all animal product sources that that would be optimal. Now, if I can't achieve that, then Uh that to me is the selling case why I do need a little bit of animal products like in my diet. But only only the next 20 days will be able to tell how exactly I'm going to feel, right? Wow, exactly. And if you
1: want to find out yeah, what really works for you, you know, you can digest uh, properly for the food. The best way that you really have to know like what you're eating, individual those plant-based, uh, either it can be vegetable or fruits or it can be uh, grains. You have to really dissect it's coming from which beans? Is it kidney beans? Is it pinto beans or a naif? You have to find those things. So you kind of eliminate one, at a time, so you know what doesn't work, yeah. what works for you. So that's number one for the digestive system, and the other one that, because this is so crazy, when you go to the plant-based diet, when you try to bring up your protein portion, it goes up same time the fat and carbohydrate together.
0: Yeah,
1: and um, yes, you know. Also, I can tell you that um, the plant-based diet mm-hmm. one cons, really negative side is for me because I'm an athlete as well, Mm -hmm. Uh, in order to perform also, we don't want to really lose the lean muscle mass, right? Then you want to have those complete amino acids. Yeah. The complete protein is coming from the animal protein, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: especially from like those uh, shellfish and especially from those uh, um, like organs, especially liver. Yeah. And we don't have that in the plant-based diet. It's, uh, and the body can actually uh, uh, absorb everything if you have all those from the beans and other, uh, let's say, uh, spirulina or you can get from other plant-based source of all those protein, right? It's, it's incomplete and it's an inactive form. So body have to convert that to actually active. That, that ratio is not really a lot. For instance, when you compare with the one whole eggs yeah. and they just compare with the beans. So let's say uh they study about it. The eggs are about like a body can absorb about like a 90% the yeah. protein, amino acid. But the beans, it's like, it's less than about like a 10% if you're good. So even though it's a really healthy, nutritious food that comes with when we break down the macro, it's very hard to take those protein amino acid and then you can actually use that in the body. So that's downside of it. That's why I know before you start all this human experiments, yeah. you did like, you know, about 20% good, like a protein source, animal protein, and you did about like 80% you had like a plant-based. Yeah. food, right? That's really good because uh, if you're going to go long term, thank God you do this one 30 days. If you go like a several months and longer, the plant-based diet, you know, you eliminate all those animal protein source. What's going to happen? Uh, it's actually a study show that um, it can decrease your sex hormone, which is special for testosterone, you know, men's hormone. And for female, it's going to be estrogen. Yeah. So um, that's why it is important to have a little bit of everything. That's always I tell people, but you're showing the people what works for you. And also another thing that your heart rate, irregular heartbeat. This is pandemic. Mm-hmm. Either you say, you know, Veronica, I'm fine with it, you know, but still unconsciously, you're stressed. This isn't something that, you know, you don't get stressed. Everything is normal because already your life is a little bit changed. Mm-hmm. right so yeah. therefore when the body is like that unconsciously your body uh produces those cortisol stress hormone yeah. when your body is uh, start to have an excess of cortisol stress hormone the number one is important thing is it brings the inflammation up and then your heart rate goes up makes sense mm-hmm. so usually people is a stress body type what i do like uh, you have to have some animal protein that helps
0: Really, it's brings out and, like, and you know and just to kind of like you know it, it was sweet because like I, I agree with like the cortisol and you know and obviously like cortisol levels in everybody's life are, are probably extremely high right now like, you know because we're globally going through this together and obviously when we're also walking around and feeling this this negativity of other people and the stress of other people our cortisol levels are going to go up because of that too so not only because how we perceive it but also by the energy that we're getting off other people right you no know, but like. My my thing too to kind of go back to you being on this plant-based diet and having no animal protein, I've been pretty candid by saying this and, and it's not getting better if anything, it's getting worse, is that like knowing what absolute satiation feels like being on the carnivore diet and now going to never being satiated at all. And I realized something that I think is absolutely vital information for, for people to know is satiation has nothing to do with taste and I think a lot of people think satiation feels like that this tastes good I want something that tastes good because we have these cravings for things that equate to taste but now knowing that satiation actually is just an, a real feeling like a light switch where it's just like you're done that's it you don't think about it, but like now you know like I am chronically in the cupboard, I'm chronically in the fridge, I'm consuming a massive amount of calories past the point of being full, mm-hmm. because I, I I can't not I, I'm searching, I realize my body's like, I need something else It's searching for that protein. And it's kind of like my mind sees the dark chocolate. And it's like, okay, well, it's 85% dark chocolate, who cares, have a couple squares, there's like two grams of sugar in half of this thing that's like this big, like not a big deal, you know, like, you know, you want to have some almonds, um, some cashews and some mm-hmm. walnuts they're unsalted to they go ahead who cares healthy fats. But the thing is because I'm missing this thing and my body's not satiated, I'm just bouncing from one thing to another to try to fulfill that. Mm-hmm. Because now like I realized like they're on a, on a plant-based diet, it would be very hard for somebody to convince me that you can feel absolute satiation without having just to convince yourself that you're, you're satisfied or that you're full because I would have never, unless being on the carnivore diet actually understood what satiation really is. And talking to people who've done the carnivore diet, know what I'm talking about, but people who haven't don't know for the same reason that I would have never known, but it's odd. It's like, you are just done, and you just do not think about it. There's nothing in your mind or your body that says, Go get some more of anything, not just meat. Like, I could sit there, there, like ice cream, donuts, chips, chocolate, nuts, hummus, pickles, cucumber, plantain chips. There could be all these things in front of me, and you look at it, and it's like staring at a white wall. Like, it means nothing. But now when I eat, I look at all these things and I'm like, what are these things am I going to eat? Well, I'm never going to eat the donuts or the ice cream or anything like that anyway. But I'm like, okay, well, I just finished eating six or seven of these like, you know, vegan taco uh, things, which are incredibly well balanced. Like my body should be satiated theoretically off what I just ate. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, I went back and I ate two cups. well, I was about two and a half cups of mixed cashews and walnuts which the calorie dump at that at 1030 at night is huge. I ate half of one of these 85% dark chocolate bars, which the calorie count is low because it's basically just cocoa powder and stuff. And it was, like, not a huge amount of calories. But, like, I just I, – like, I, I couldn't stop. And I could have ate more. Uh-huh. But, again, I was so full. I couldn't even lay down because I felt like I was <laughs> up. But, like, I could – like, my, my mind still wasn't, like, stopped. So I can see why people gain so much weight, uh-huh. you know, for like, you know, when, when they switch to like, like a plant-based diet, what well, that, that is there because like the, it goes up to your body is searching. And I, I think the people who lose a lot of weight, you uh-huh. know, like I, I look at who those people typically are in the vegan community and they're typically uh-huh. more vegan athletes, right? You know, like, so like, but the typical person in everyday life is not an athlete. So whenever we compare like athletes and diet, which we are typically always going to do that, the information is distorted. But if you take the average vegan on a vegan diet, they are not underweight. They are typically, in our standards of measuring what weight means, are going to be in an overweight category. That's just guaranteed. you know. And we just don't have the data with the carnivore diet, because there's nobody, just regular average joe, that's been on a carnivore diet long enough to be able to take that data and say, well, now we have all these carnivores that are just like on this carnivore diet. The data is starting to come in, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's not in comparison to a vegan community. But if you, if you historically look at a lot of like, you know, vegans and, you know, even like pescatarians, they're going to hold a little bit more weight on their body, but vegan athletes are a little bit different. I, I don't know if you agree with that or not. It's just something that I have seen over the years and something that I've actually been, looking into and researching online a lot more now that I've done the carnivore diet and I've made this transition into a plant-based diet.
1: I see. Um, to be honest, uh, now I'm just focused on the, what you say because, again, it's important. Like uh, Even though it's a good food, if you can't digest it, mm. it's like the same as you eating junk food or not eating because the body cannot process that. It's just a sitting. It's a fermenting in your intestine. Trust yeah. me, that's what's what, what happening. And um, I don't know like if you had like, really um, dirty plant-based diet, or you had like really clean, clean plant-based diet, or uh, I don't know, it's like, that's also a big shift. If you just did like really clean, you do everything right for the uh, lesse vegan diet, you
0: wouldn't feel this way. That's the, what I the see thing is like, I, I don't eat, I would say my plant-based diet would be dirty as in the abundance of the variety, you know, mm-hmm. um, may not be there, but as mm-hmm. in the actual, what the substances are. Like I don't eat crappy food. Like like I just don't. So like I know. You. Like I would say my my dirty version of the vegan diet right now or a plant-based diet right now mm-hmm. would be that I'm not buying organic vegetables because okay. most people aren't buying organic vegetables and I want to try to stay as close to as what the average person would mm-hmm. do. So I don't want to always do best case scenario. Mm-hmm. But so like like, you know, again, like, you know, like my standard of day for like the last 10 days, you know, like, you're looking at again, you know, like, like plantain chips, almond butter, milled flax, milled chia seeds, hemp hearts, uh, coconut oil, avocado, um, carrots, cucumbers, roasted pine nut hummus, um, you know, um, coconut flour, sugar-free, you know, little muffins, you know, like, like just like, these are all things I normally eat. So like, that's dirty plant-based meat is only, and I look at it as it being dirty plant-based because it just doesn't have maybe the variety that it should, you know? But yeah. again, like all the stuff that I'm eating is actually like, quote unquote, good quality as in like, it's not like, um, you know, just like junk plant-based food, you know, mm-hmm. where like some people might just be eating like a lot of spaghetti, you know, like mm-hmm. a lot of like, you know, pastas with a, like a tomato sauce or something. Like I don't eat that kind of food ever. Mm-hmm. So like, I wouldn't eat like that now. Um, you know so again like my, my dirty version that would just be that it might be limited
1: oh I see and then those associating feelings from getting those animal products of course number one when you have this just one steak you know even the small like three to four ounces, mm-hmm. the body it takes a minimum six hours to, just to break down those steak mm-hmm. haven't gone there the intestine just in your stomach Yeah. so it takes time it's like a, Animal protein is the most difficult, hard to break down. The body uses a lot of energy for that, and vice versa. When you go with the carbs, it's like the body takes right away. Mm-hmm. It converts as glucose right away. So, body the minute you have a carbohydrate, you just spike it, insulin yep. to up. So that's how you. That's why you cannot stop. You eat a little bit, and then you're not satiated, so you need to have more. But already you're full, but you want to go for more. Who's gonna have over two cups of a cashew? <laughs> yeah. You know, so these, at
0: night. <laughs> yeah and these are the things right like where it's like you know because we're converting that you know it, it into glucose you know and you know like i'm looking at like a lot of these things and saying like like this like this is the problem although that i'm eating fats you know which mm-hmm. is obviously gonna take a little bit longer for my body to break down predominantly when you're on a plant-based diet mm-hmm. i don't care what any like plant-based vegan people are going to say You're eating a ton of carbohydrates. You cannot get away from that. Like you, you can't, like it is literally impossible to be able to get away from it. So like everybody who wants to sell that eventually you can eat enough protein in your day to maybe for me to get to that 160 to 170 grams. And I'm saying this without taking any protein powders or anything like that. Because again, I was not doing that. And I, if we're going to do this, we need the actual data. Can you do this with just food and no supplementation? Right. So to be able to get 160 to 170 grams of protein, like I did the calculations, I am going to be about 350 to 400 grams of carbohydrates. And I'm going to be about 550 to, 600 and, uh, 550 to 600 grams of fat to be able to get my close to 200 grams of protein. Mm-hmm. That, that's an absurd amount of food. I know. It's absurd. Yes. Like, and the, so again, it comes back to that I might be well-balanced, I might be a perfect vegan diet, but introducing that amount of food into my body is going to add so much stress for digestion, whether it's easy or not, because you are constantly packing it in. Like when I'm sitting there, in every day there's going to be about three or four hours out of my day where I'm like, okay, okay, (laughs) Okay. Okay. like you're uncomfortable. I'm just climbing out of my own skin because, like, I've got to that. That point, so I'm, and I'm like looking at it that I don't have great self control, you know, but at least the self control that I have doesn't go immediately towards like the donuts or the ice cream or like the chips or anything mm-hmm. along those lines. Which again, like I find for most people, that's going to be the bigger battle, right? You know, it's like getting right. away. Like when I overeat, I'm still overeating good quality food, which at the end of the day doesn't really matter when we're looking at stress and inflammation right however like there's also going to be a negative aspect that if you're going for like the sour keys and the twizzlers and uh-huh. the donuts and, cream and all that kind of stuff at least i'm not i don't have to fight that battle as well uh-huh. um you know but i do look at it it's just like anything that makes me want to overeat uh-huh. is not good no matter what that is but that's the one thing with the carnivore diet right, that i found is like like you never want to overeat no matter how much meat i ate i never felt uncomfortable so like I actually feel like I know what the difference is now for my stomach to be full Mm -hmm. versus like gastrointestinal distress from overeating. Like you said, it takes so long for your body to break down meat in the stomach.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I actually know now like when my stomach is full of meat, when I would eat like two pounds of beef Mm -hmm. and my stomach was full, Mm -hmm. you actually don't feel GI distress. But when I ate all, the, like, the black beans, the rice, the quinoa, the avocados, um, you know, like, all that kind of stuff last night, I actually felt gastrointestinal distress from that. Like, my stomach didn't feel full. Uh-huh. But, like, my, my, my intestines felt distended, like, bloated. Like, my actual just abdominal cavity felt in distress. My skin's being stretched. Like, there's the bloating and everything there. Uh-huh. So, like, I feel like... I know now the difference between those two, Mm -hmm. but I always thought they were one and the same. And I think a lot of people do, but I know now that they're not.
1: No, they're not. They're two different things. And, you know, like I'm really curious because you've only been 10 days, but with going with the plant-based diet, there is a certain vitamins and minerals that you're missing it. That's a crucial, the vitamins and minerals that every day you need it. But if you don't have it because you're not even supplementing anything, you're just purely going with the food. So let's say you know already plant-based diet, you're missing like a, a huge amount of part of vitamin B12. And also you know that like iron. Like yeah. you're not having all those like, you know, fish or you're not having all those meats, you know, how you're going to get the iron. You know? Even though you get from the plant-based source, it's inactive form. So, the body takes it different way. So, that you're going to miss it. And how you're going to actually cope or uh, other stuff? Like, what else is missing from your uh, uh, protein? You are not taking that from the plant-based diet. You are missing also uh, a That's also really important for your stomach, right? The digestive system. So, you're missing that one as well. So, and vitamin D, you're missing that one. And the huge part of this uh, omega-3. Yeah. yeah. So you can get from like a hemp seed, flax seed. You can get from you know like a plant based source. But this is uh, different than we are getting the saturated fat from our animal fat, right? Mm-hmm. So those are the actually we need that what your body needed mm-hmm. to make a cholesterol. Yeah. So you're missing all those things. So how do you feel? Do you have a, when you compare with the carnivore diet and the plant based diet right now your energy level?
0: I actually feel like, you know, like my energy level itself has increased and I know the reason why. And mm-hmm. I, I know, like I did this same thing when I was talking to Priscilla too, It's that molecule that's in coconut oil. I can't remember it, but like, it's the one that crosses the blood brain barrier. I know when I'm consuming coconut oil okay. that my brain is functioning at full capacity. Like I just mm-hmm. like, I know that it is. And when my, when my mind is Mm -hmm. folks are functioning at full capacity the rest of my body gets carried along with it too because you're so much more ambitious Mm -hmm. which goes to which is hard for me when i'm on the this plant-based diet because i wake up in a carbohydrate fog most mornings which Mm -hmm. is tough that i never felt when i was on the the carnivore diet right so like that's very tough you know from an energy standpoint but i know within the first hour or two i'll shake it off so i can push through it Mm -hmm. um so like the like the overall like energy levels and plus with the vitamin D things like that, like I get it, but I'm outside so much now because it's beautiful outside here, like it's 20 degrees yesterday, right? So like I'm out in the sun, I'm probably out in the sun for three, four hours a day for the last couple weeks, like consistently. I'm always in the backcountry, I'm always doing like all these other self-care things too that are gonna bump things up. Mm-hmm. The problem that I have is is that I'm like you. Like we know too much. So what my mind also thinks all day long is I think like alpha lipoic acid or alpha lipoic acid is converted into DHEA, right? Yes. DHEA, yeah. So yes. like in my mind, I'm like, well, if I'm going to eat these plant-based sources that have this ALA, then my body is convert ALA into DHEA so that my brain can use this DHEA. So for proper brain function, or I could just eat fish or I could just eat salmon roe or something. And I would cut to the chase, you know, because then I get like the DHEA and the DA So like, like these things are there. They're ready to be available for me to be able to consume. And I don't have to do this other process. So when you're adding extra processes into your body, there's more distress. There's more inflammation. There has to be because it's like you turn your car on. Well, if you turn your car on and let it idle at a thousand RPM, there's a little bit of distress. But if you sit in your same in the car part and you press on the gas pedal, and you go up to 1500 RPM it's mm-hmm. doing the same thing, but it's doing more of it there's more wear and tear. Well, if you press down that gas bell a little bit more, you still didn't put it in drive. You're still park, but you go up to 2,000 RPM. You're still performing the same task, but you're adding more stress. You're adding more wear and tear. The heat goes up in your engine. The oil breaks down more. You know, like there's just more distress on all these different mechanical components. There's more revolutions per minute. Well, that's the same thing with your body. So exactly. going back, the thing is, for me, this is the point behind that, A plant-based diet or a carnivore diet, neither one of them is good because you're having to do other processes that are easier for your body to accomplish by just cutting to the chase. Should I have to eat black beans, quinoa, rice, all these things to be able to bump the amino acid profiles up in all of these things? Or could I just eat a couple ounces of steak? Well, it's way better for you because then not only do I become satiated, so I eat less, But Uh then I have these more complete protein strands plus all the other nutritional benefits to it too. So again, like why make your body do more work when you can simply just cut to the chase? You know, like- that that's
1: a really good point. That's why when I give to my client, you know, I don't really push the plant-based diet. I never push the some other, just one single food diet, you know, category. Because it is so important. Like just you say, you know what, you can have like abundance of all those, you know, the variety of vegetable grains, you know, you can have that, you know, plant-based food and then adding small portion of a little bit of, you know, like a animal protein mm-hmm. in there. It's going to have like almost a complete diet plan you can make it. And that's the easy way to chase after because most of people, they don't know how I'm going to get the long chain my uh, fatty acid because I cannot get from my uh, actually plant based food. People, they don't even know what is a long chain fatty acid, but that's you need that because if you want to make a ratio of omega six and omega three, Properly, You need to have those omega-3, the proper source from animal and uh, plant-based both. So, so you have to combine together and make the ratio, right? Usually omega-3 is going to pump up or go up by you just taking some fish, by you taking some, you know, the animal protein, it's going to go up. It's easily. And the plant-based, can I do that? Mm, not really, unless you have to supplement something else that's gonna be like uh, the green powder you know out there the r g you can take that, and most yeah. of people they don't know unless you go see a dietitian or a nutritionist yeah so it's it's incomplete, so now it's like uh, now it's so much it's a trend a uh, plant based diet I don't know the people everybody's uh, asking me now like oh can I go to a, a plant based diet yeah the first thing I' say uh. Why you wanna go there? Yeah. What are the reason? Do you know like what you can digest properly in your system, and what is your background, your genetic? It, yeah. it actually involves. Some people actually do very very well with the plant based diet, and yeah. some people not. Myself, I cannot go 100%. I know my body. I need some animal product, so I have to combine together. But some people who purely go to like a carnivore diet, they do fantastic doing really well so you need to know your body first and there's no one single diet that like complete all this nutrient and yeah. at the end of the day you Blake, you know you you really feeding all with those food in your little tiny all the cell, you know trillions of cell in your body so you have to give like complete nutrient that in there so you're doing fantastic job and I'm so
0: curious. Okay, please go ahead. No, I was just going to say, because it was something that like, you know, like you allude to the, and you know, I think like that we both can kind of just say like, you know, a lot of people are doing this because like, obviously the game changers, you know, video came out and you know, like all uh. these different things and stuff like that. Right. You know, and, and like, like the one, when he made the video, like he, like uh, it, it's the misconception that he's saying that a plant-based diet is what you should be on like he's screaming louder than anybody else by saying that I'm not saying that he's actually just saying that you can achieve a, like a healthy diet and a balance of a diet on a plant-based diet. If you do it right. And there's a lot of misinformation out there, but he has vocally said, I'm not saying that everybody should be on a plant-based diet, but everybody's taken that away from that video, which is hard you know, and the one thing I say, like one of the key components, because I look at the performance based things, like in that video, like we pick it out outside of the other information too. the number one thing that irritated me the most is when they're talking about the vasodilation, you know, of, like, oh, the- yes, yes. Yeah, so. They're talking about like, you know, like, well okay, well, the increased arginine levels, or they, they weren't talking about like the increased arginine levels, like in the plant based products, which are a vasodilator. And we know that nobody's arguing that like, bodybuilders have been taking arginine as a free form amino acid forever. As long
1: as I can remember. And it's yeah.
0: the base of like every pre-workout supplement that offers a pump. There's a ton of arginine in it. Yes. Now, my argument behind that is it's like, yes, we do know that arginine is good as a vasodilator. That's not been a secret. We've known yeah. this since the 70s. That's why people started taking it in the 70s. Yeah. Everyone in the in their bodybuilding industry has always been taking it. Now, my argument behind that being not good for performance It might be good if you want to walk around jacked up with your, you know, (laughs) but you don't want vasodilation necessarily in a performance environment because you're not looking to pack more blood into the muscle because more blood into the muscle actually means you're more inefficient because then the lactic acid gets stored in there too. What you're looking for is that constant turnover. That's right, yeah. Now, if you do want vasodilation and you do want more blood to the muscle, again, bodybuilders have always known. I want to pack more blood in there, but I need a really high amount of amino acids in that blood. So when it's packed in that muscle, that muscle has all the resources that it needs to be able to repair. So again, the more selling case that I should have some animal proteins plus a vasodilator, which would be from your plant based products mm-hmm. to pack all of the macro and micronutrients into that muscle, maybe that you just finished like destroying in the gym or the muscles that you finish after you're doing like your performance based product. But again, that's the selling case to me to be more well-rounded, which mm-hmm. theoretically is exactly what James is saying by making that video, not saying that people should now globally, everybody should be on a plant-based diet.
1: Oh, uh, That's uh, how the people have to look at it. But the thing is that like, he's uh, giving his opinion. Mm-hmm. But it's like how you're going to take that and how you're going to actually plan for your meal plan and go for it because you really have to understand your body. You understand your body, even despite you understood your body previously after we switched it to carnivore diet, and that was 30 days, Mm -hmm. and then you just uh, changed it to plant-based diet. So now you're introducing exactly the same food you used to eat, you used to enjoy, you used to digest really well, those food, you reintroduce it, what happened? You're struggling right now. So body is constantly adjusting and changing. Mm-hmm. So you really have to tune for your body. And then you have a problem right now. Like, okay, I'm bloated. I don't feel good. And then you really have to think or go back. Oh, what did I have yesterday Until up to now? What food I have? And then you you know yourself. Oh, okay. Maybe you know what? I'm going to eliminate the beans and see how yeah. I feel. Because when the symptom is only one thing, your body tells you, I cannot digest this. Do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's what you have to do, right? So that's important. At the end of the day, yes. Now we talk about all those nutrients and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you really have to know what works for your body. Mm-hmm. If you cannot metabolize even though all those good source of food, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's not going to work for you. Yeah. So that's the thing. So either go to plant based or carnivore diet or even paleo diet, whatever you want to go. You really have to try and you have to, focus, you know, you have to really uh, pay attention how your body is telling you. That is really important. That's why you can be a best nutritionist for your body. That's I mean, what I see. Yeah,
0: it's listening to things. So, and, and again, like, like you said, like, you know, being a nutritionist for your body is making sure that like you are aware of everything that's happening. See, and like the interesting part behind this is, is something that the, the opinion that I've formed in the last 40 days when it comes to nutrition when I look back and like, this is completely anecdotal. I I realize this, but when I look at how I feel, Mm -hmm. because I do not know a lot of people who have done what I'm doing. I wish I could find some other people who have, and, you know, maybe have done all these diets that I'm doing, like, you know, in the same order or roughly same order, maybe like for like, maybe 60 days instead of 30 days. But the, the theory that I've come up with is that when we look at seasonal eating versus all these different diets, is that like, if you started in like early spring, uh-huh. like in early spring was like your carnivore diet mixed with like your, your berries, um, like your fresh, you know, kind of like things that would come out, um, like in the springtime, uh-huh. but it was carnivore diet and it was for simplicity's sake, let's just use a 50, 50%, 50% carnivore diet, 50% of like, you know, fresh local berries and like little, like. Grubs and shrubs, like all these different little things, are starting to grow in the springtime. Mm-hmm. You know, then what we transition into is eliminating pretty much all of the carnivore diet and going into like these, like, you know, berries and these grubs and these shrubs and like all this kind of stuff, and looking at more of our things that might be like starting to get like root based or flower based or like anything mm-hmm. along those lines. The stuff that would grow during the summertime, you know, and starting into like the early fall. You know, and then we transition in like the fall time to like predominantly like root based vegetables and, you know, like late seasonal fall things like apples and all that kind of stuff and the start of our carnivore diet. And then by the time that winter comes around is then that's when I think that we would predominantly be almost fully on a carnivore diet. So like summertime, we would be predominantly on a plant based diet. Wintertime, we'd be predominantly on a carnivore diet and spring and fall are the transitions between those two because in the summertime like you are burning through more carbohydrates but those carbohydrates are more readily available to you there's more of like an abundance just to be able to pick and nibble because you're out and about you're out in like you know and i'm talking like thousands of years ago not like in today's society where like right. you know you'd be walking down and you'd see berries and you'd pick them off you'd see these things on the ground and you would eat them and Like you would just see stuff around and you would nibble. So you'd have a chance to be able to scavenge eat. Like, you know, like Mm -hmm. you'd be out there, you know, kind of just like foraging continually all day long. But Mm -hmm. in the wintertime, you don't have that availability. Mm -hmm. But what happens is when you eat the, the meats, you become so satiated where you can eat meat, you know, and almost go an entire day without eating. And you don't have to go find the sources and the meat. If you killed something, you could just leave it outside because it would be cold enough outside, it would preserve it by just simply leaving outside or digging in the snow and burying it in the snow or anything along those lines, and you kind of have your natural refrigerator. So like I see now how in a calendar year between our spring, summer, fall, and winter, how seasonal eating and what it actually really means based on how my body feels, because Like In the wintertime, I wouldn't want to be on a plant-based diet where you're never satiated and you need an abundance amount of food when that abundance amount of food isn't available to you. I would want to be on a carnivore diet where I'm chronically satiated and I can kill a big animal and go long durations of time without having to kill another animal, whether that be a week or two weeks or a month, depending on how big your animal is and how many people you're feeding but you can go longer durations of time without having to forage for your food. But in the summertime, like you have that option, that availability because you can theoretically almost eat anything out in nature. We just choose not to do that now, you know, but you have the, but you can be chronically refueling. So like I really see like the, how the seasonal eating actually comes into play based on like how our bodies actually feel from like, like our genes and our processes and like how our mind interprets food. Um, I don't know if you would agree with that or not. I do
1: agree that with that you. That is. Seasonal eating is really makes sense because we are, we are one of the just live things, right? It's mm-hmm. just like the plants and the animals, anything, right? It's We work with harmony and system. It has to be balanced. Everything works with the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So, there is a reason that you know why the winter time and the summer time is all different, various uh, of food and so on. And if we just follow the, what the nature is offering, then we can actually balance our body as well. And then we yeah. can feel great. But the thing is, right now is in 2020. 2020 is not like 1950 or 1920. So, it's yeah. completely different. Food is available in everywhere and any season like uh well you you don't have a hard time to find the food that you know you, you can it cannot grow in the winter time yeah it's there it's available and second you and i or people out there um you know i don't want to really separate you know just the people you know they're not really tuned for you know their nutrition or in you know, exercise and lifestyle so on they have a different priority and interest as well but to tell you this uh Plant-based diet can work for most of people. It's good. When you really take the blood and then you exam, you're going to see it. But main thing is that any diet that when you actually take away all this sugar, all this chemical, and just purely from the whole food, when you take it, you take all the advantage and then you feel great. But you are the person that you already felt great before. And then now you go into one diet to another. So you can really understand what works for you, what not. But the regular people, number one is like, uh, I wanted to tell them, don't even worry about what diet you have to go on. Just eliminate all the sugar, eliminate all this processed food. Then you're going to be already feel great. And from there, you're going to actually go micro plan and go detail. You know what? Okay, this is, you know, I perform better when I actually add this food. Oh, this food when I eat this one, I don't feel good. I get bloated, I feel nauseous or I'm tired, and all those things so you really have to pay attention aware of it that's that's why and I really agree with what you saying. but this is not going to really
0: uh work in the, this day yeah the food is out and, there and i and I agree with you and and I'm glad you brought it up because I actually forgot to say it when I was talking. And it's something that the disclaimer that like I continually try to reinforce you know, when, especially talking about these things, nutrition related is that I'm, I'm not talking about any of these things from like an average day-to-day life. I'm talking about them from an extreme performance perspective. So like, like the, like the information that I, I'm saying to most people, like it, it is far too down the rabbit hole. Like we oh. you can, like for most people, they can be miles high above where I am, you know, but I'm talking like I want to be able to sleep five hours a night and feel great. Like, I want to be able to play squash for 45 minutes. I want to lift weights for an hour. I want to run 5K. On the weekend, I want to do 60K in the backcountry. I want to summit two mountains. You know, like, like this is my life, and that's what I need. And this is what all the – I compare all these nutritional experiments to. And Mm -hmm. I am very aware of my my body, and – Like you said, I do agree, no matter what diet anybody's going to do, if they simply just eliminated the shit that everybody eats in today's world, like that, that alone, like you wouldn't need to do anything over and above that. Even if you just, if you stopped that, like the McDonald's, the KFC, the, you know, the McCain's pizzas that you make in the, the oven at home, you know, like, like all of this different kind of crap, like the ice creams, the chocolate bars, the chips, the pop, if we just eliminated that, who cares? Stop there.
1: Like, exactly. if that's all
0: you did, if we just as a society said this stuff is socially irresponsible to eat because it legitimately is killing people, we spend billions of dollars in tax revenue trying to like combat the symptoms and like the ailments of these foods. If we just agreed to stop that, I don't care whether you're ketogenic, plant based, carnivore, paleo, anything, because you've already won. Mm-hmm. And because you've already won, we have all already won as a society, hands down, 100%.
1: Absolutely. It's like a, that's number one basic. That's like. A... Base camp, number one. And then after that, you can actually go deeper. Okay, so what works for my body? This is this food is good for my body type. That's what you have to go on for. And you're doing amazing work for many people out there because you already know your body and your lifestyle is great. And you just want to show to people that this is uh, it's going to happen when you eat this way. So you're actually educating people. That's uh, unbelievable when I see that.
0: And I, if you ask me to do that, I won't do it. Yeah. because <laughs> then, like, it's, like, the thing is like where you say like like it is tough and, it, and it's tough for me and I look at like I was sitting in the ice bath the other day and like granted the water was quite warm it was it was like three degrees so like like it's cold don't get me wrong like it's, like, three <laughs> degrees, it's not warm but like we typically like it around like minus one right but the right. one thing I was looking at with there is like I'm doing – sitting in the ice bath, you know, especially, like, right now because it's, like, it's going to increase my white blood cell count, which is going to uh, you know, increase my immune system. Mm-hmm. My immune system. Like, um, I get the cold shock protein release, but I'm also going to get the norepinephrine. Now, mm-hmm. for me to be able to sit in that ice bath long enough, like, I did about seven minutes, seven minutes and 15 seconds. I could have pushed it a little bit longer than that, but um, I kind of got distracted and then hopped out. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, – but if I didn't have – the emotional strength that I have right now switching onto this plant-based diet and like mm-hmm. the cognitive strength. Mm-hmm. If I was on the carnivore diet, I don't know if I would have been able to survive that. Like, because ah. of things I know that I wasn't as mentally and emotionally strong, which again, then I also then see basically the things that I want to do in these environments of challenging myself and getting mm-hmm. the, then like the benefit of all these things. And like the, from like a genetic standpoint of like mm-hmm. the benefit of all these like crazy things that like uh-huh. crazy quote unquote things that like I do uh-huh. based on like performance and uh, inflammation reduction, I see how I need them and they become valuable tools. But again, I might be pushing the most extreme environments that, but that's no different than road rage driving to work. Can, uh-huh. you, can You manage that stress. Can you manage the stress of having like a new baby at home or opening a new business or a deadline at work? Those are all the same things as sitting in the ice bath. We just want to think they're different, but they're not. Like our mind and our body doesn't perceive them to be any different. So again, like I can see, like well, why can some people deal with more stress than others? And I see how diet is definitely like a key. Not that I didn't know this before, but I'm I'm starting to see how advantageous it is, and these little things that we can add into our diet to make us feel so much better. But I can also see when those things are taken away, how detrimental it is. Cause like I said, like holding a static wall squat, I didn't even get over two minutes, you know, after the, at the end of the carnivore diet, but on my regular diet, I was like four minutes and 40 seconds. What's well, huge. Like that, that's a huge difference. Like an inch is a mile at that point in time. Right. You know? So like, I, I see like, and again, being mentally and emotionally strong, like that's the backbone of performance in every category, athletic or in everyday life.
1: I think, that's for everyone. The mindset is really important It's uh, because now you have a mission and you really have, have accountability, right? So then, like, you have to do it. Someday, I'm sure you're human, too. You don't feel like to do it. You want to go just grab, like, oh, here's my you know, oyster. You want to do that, but you can't, right? Yeah. So here's the thing. People, when they decide to do something, okay, I have my goal, and they want to do that. And, you know, beginning, they have uh, those motivations. They want to go for it. But the thing is um, – Motivation, uh, doesn't last really long. No. So you really have to have that mindset. You're going to go for it because now is the perfect time. I give you one example. I called, uh, my client just ask, how are you doing? And, you know, I want to see the, oh, no, now is the guy. I can't do this. And then she has all kinds of feeling. So I asked her, maybe you should grab this food and do it. Maybe, you know, you eliminate that one. The first her answer was this, you know what? There's not much food available out there. This is like a pandemic. It's so tough. So now for now, I'm just going to do it this way. And then when I realize that, you know what, I would be the same thing. Human yeah. brain, we can give any kind of excuses if you don't feel like to do it. Yeah. And this is perfect excuses. You can do that. But when I go to buy my food, I go every day. I line up outside. I just, all those restrictions, I respect it. I do it. Mm-hmm. The fruits and vegetables, all those, you know, like, uh, uh, grass-fed beef and those sections, you know, the whole food section is like, uh, it's available. Yeah. The food is uh, sitting there. And then when I go to the other side, there's nothing available. All those canned food and those junk food, it's not available. It's a shelf. It's half is empty. Yeah. So what this means, the people just take advantage right now. Oh, okay, you know what? Now is a pandemic, so I can do whatever I want. This is the situation is not available, so I'm just going to have this. And the more you get stressed, the more you stay home, you don't move your body, and you let yourself go, and you're mindless, you're eating in front of a computer or TV. Yeah. You want to have more sugar. You want to have more chips. You want to have more junk food. You have more, you eat more, and you want more. That's how it works. So is it come down to it's a mindset. I don't want to tell people like you have to, you know, do this, do that, but you know, at least think again, when you really want to go to any diet, the behind the reason why you want to do this, why you want to go for that diet. If it's just for superficial, oh, okay. I want to lose 30 pounds. I just want to look good. Then you know what? Like uh, it meant not going to last long. You need yeah. to have a more deeper level of a meaning, of a purpose to go for it. That's what I see. So you're doing fantastic. And at the end of the day, it's a mindset. And then you really have to understand, you know, and then most important, get rid of all this junk food yeah. and sugar. And then you're going to see that what works for you one by one. So tell me more about how. what's your, your next plan. You told me before a little bit, next to 10 days, how you're going to do it.
0: Yeah, the next thing is like I just want to kind of start like adding a little bit more, variety, like like researching a little bit more like recipes. You know, like my oldest daughter and I, like you know, like we sat last night and like we said, okay, well, like what what is this going to be? Because again, like she committed fifteen days to this plant based diet, you know, uh, too. So she she's gonna be done in the next like you know five days and stuff. But and, like I just want to look at like more like recipes and stuff like that because then it forces you to think like outside of the box. But right, like and again, like because. I've always ate predominantly plant-based anyway. It's just kind of going more back into my archives, you know, of like, you know, doing the things like, well, like spaghetti squash with like a really good tomato sauce with some fresh basil and garlic and onions. You know, just taking to the ground beef or like the turkey out of it or like the, you know, like the goat cheese like having just kind of having it like like just having like those kind of options, but like my big thing now is just kind of like increasing the variety. Yeah, you know, because mm-hmm. that was always my goal with the carnivore diet too, is, you know, always making sure that I have the increased variety so that I can't allow anybody else to have an excuse or myself to have an excuse to saying, like, oh, well, you could have done better, you could have added this, could've had that. Because it's like at the end of the day, if I'm gonna do it, I might as well experiment. Because if I'm gonna go to the grocery store and buy food anyway, what's right. the difference if I buy like the zucchini instead of the pear or instead of like the water chestnuts or like you know like I have the opportunity to be able to get all that variety it would just be like the pandemic excuse all over again for somebody else I'm not doing that so like I can't actually you know do that and that is my goal for the next 20 days is making sure that like 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 everything like I want to be able to walk into a grocery store and walk down the produce section uh-huh. and say I've tried everything in there like all the different kinds of hot peppers, all the different kinds of mushrooms, all the different kinds of leafy greens, all the different kinds of root vegetables. Like I want to legitimately walk through the produce section of the grocery store and say, I have tried every single thing in this entire section um, at least once during this next 20 days.
1: Oh, that's going to be amazing. You're going to bring so much data for people that this is what I've done. And then some people might going to agree with you. Oh, I did that too. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I shouldn't do that. So they can actually learn from you, your experience. Yeah. That's really good. And I'd like to uh, talk to you next week, uh, follow up again. Yes. So if you are okay with it. For sure. So, okay. okay. Would you like to do a
0: Thursday or a Friday? Uh, either or. Like I said, like Friday might Friday around this time would probably be um good. Then what I'll do is I'll actually send you uh an invite when we're done this conversation right now, so it actually goes <laughs> in my calendar. But if Friday um at eleven works for you, we can schedule in Friday at eleven uh next week, and we can plug it in.
1: That'd be good. I want to just continue to continue go this one regularly, so we understand better, and then we can actually uh provide more uh, information for people yeah. out, out there. Let's Sounds do that. Great. Okay, so don't disappear (laughs) yet. Happy Good Friday. Oh, yeah, it's Easter this Sunday. Yeah.
0: What's your plan for Easter? Um well the Easter bunnies come in uh to our house on Saturday night to lay some Easter eggs and stuff. Um and oh, wow. you know, we're we're coloring our our pictures so we got like our little uh our coloring. Oh my god, that's so cute. Oh yeah. beautiful, so happy this is uh yeah, this is the one that I'm working on for my uh for my middle daughter right now. And uh-huh contest with my oldest daughter mm-hmm. um and uh yeah just like little easter things like that and then again like we're probably going to go for um a little bit of a drive um you know like for like a day or two up through the the Fraser Canyon you know up through Lillooet down through Pemberton just to kind of get out of the house cuz it's so nice right like it's going to be 20 degrees all weekend and you know just mm-hmm. kind of like spend some time because there's there's nobody through the Fraser Canyon you know, on the best of days anyway, so I can imagine that it's the best way to social distance right now because you're in the middle of nowhere and you're just kind of relaxing and just enjoying some time away from everything on a long weekend. Um, because if we can't all get together with our families, you know, during Easter, whether or not you're Christian or Catholic or not, um, then we might as well spend the time doing something with with that we enjoy with people that we love. So,
1: Oh, that sounds amazing because, you know, while we are doing the social distancing, it doesn't mean you have to stay in all the time. Yeah. This time you can really use it to go out. It's beautiful outside to get some sun. Like you say, you know, you can get the vitamin D just by soaking the sun. That's yeah. really important So you actually boost your mood as well. And it's actually help you to boost your immune
0: system as well. So it's just excellent. And, so, you know, and I beg people like of this. it's like, respect the restrictions yes but again like you said like we we need to be outside like we can't lock ourselves in our house like you need fresh air you need to see people you need to see the sun like you need all these things like you can respect the the rules and the social regulations that are out right now but you can still absolutely walk out your door you know like i said like like i if you choose to stay inside is one thing, but we we need self-care because we can't come out of this this pandemic in uh-huh. worse shape than what we went in. And if people you know are gonna continue to eat crappy food, lock themselves in their house and just watch Netflix for twelve hours a day, we actually will come out of this pandemic in worse shape than what we went in. So I hope that people just take this time out to really focus on self-care and you know realize the things that we should all be doing and still exercise the mind, exercise the body, put the phone down, read a book, you know, do some meditation if you need still exercise, even if it might not look the same, you know, go outside, it's springtime, it's blue sky, it's 20 degrees, feel the warmth of the sun on your skin, close your eyes, get your eyeballs looking up at the sun, get that vitamin D in. And you know, even if you just hear other people, or if you're sitting at your driveway, like that's one thing I see in my neighborhood all the time is People just have lawn chairs in their driveway and you walk down the street and you see yeah. all the people sitting in, in lawn chairs. So they're outside. They're m- not mingling, you know, but neighbors can still talk to each other in big open green fields. You know, there'll be, you know, like a couple people in the lawn chair here, then 50 feet away, there'll be another couple of people in the lawn chair and they're mm-hmm. untanning and listening to music. And, you know, like they're abiding by the social regulations, but they're still self-care so that they come out stronger and better um, than when we went into this, and I think that is absolutely
1: important. Oh, that's an amazing message you're just sending out there. And then some people that they have kind of have a jump full, of, they cannot really get out there, then at least to do like this, like you and me, is yeah. to truly connect with the someone, the video chat, right? So yes. that's really important. That by doing so, you can actually produce that hormone called the oxytocin. That's a love hormone. We need that for your mental health and even your physical health. So that's really important. Me too. I'm gonna to get out, you know. After this chat with you, yeah. I'm gonna get some sun for at least one hour to get, you know. I can't right.
0: wait. So, awesome. thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> have a wonderful day. have a Good Friday. Enjoy your weekend. And uh, when you get outside in that nice sunny weather, uh, throw me throw me a selfie so I I got proof that you made it outside and you're soaking in that vitamin D. Will do. Be awesome. safe. Okay. okay. Have a
1: great day. You too. Bye. Bye.